0: This morning, before we get into things, we have something very special that we're going to be doing this morning. I want to ask Alex and Kena to come up to the front here, please. Just wait with that for a minute. Just kind of push it to the side for me. Thank you. I want you guys to come on the stage, please. And I also want to get my pastors to come up as well. This morning... We are going to ordain this young man. (laughs) Amen. You can just stand here. You're going to pray with me in just a moment. (laughs) Okay. I want to um, first of all say that we are so proud of you guys as a family um, we watched you when you came to the church, both of you. Kena, you were here before Alex, and you were always much nicer than him. <laughs> when he got to us, he was really, he was, he was challenging. <laughs> but we saw the Lord take your heart, young man, and we saw how he mended it and molded it and shaped you, and you know, you've been prepared your whole life for this moment. And for what God has planned for you. And, and there is absolutely no doubt in our mind that God has placed this call on your life. Not only you, but your wife as well and your whole family. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And like the Bible says in Ephesians 4.11, it says, And He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You have showed yourself approved, young man. You have sought the Lord. I've watched you weep, cry, worship, go through ups and downs, and you've stood strong in the midst of all of it. And this is your season and your time to step forward. You and your whole house, you will serve the Lord all the days of your life. And from this moment on, this moment will be a mark, not only in your lives, but in your entire family's life. Because because this call of God has been on your family, on your whole house, I want to charge you, young men. In First Timothy one verse eighteen, it says, "This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning that by them you will wage a good warfare, having faith and good conscience, which which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck." I want you to know that stepping into this it's the beginning of what God has called you to do and I charge you to always hold on to the call of God no matter what comes your way whether it's challenges or trials or tribulations the highs and the lows of ministry and life always stand strong and remember the word of the Lord to you when you heard it before anybody confirmed it over your life you knew that God had called you, you and your wife together so I pray for you 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Alex, as you begin to step more and more into your calling and begin to teach the body of Christ, I want to charge you to always seek God in everything, to rightly divide His word. I believe that your heart is pure before the Lord and that you seek Him with all of that heart that you have. And I pray that you will always present truth without any, without any bad motive or self-motive or anything like that, but always so that the people of God will be drawn closer to Him. Present to them the truth of His Word and watch Him do His wonders. Amen? So I wanna lay hands on you and, and ordain the two of you as in, this, in this place this morning. I'm gonna ordain you as a pastor, young man. Everybody stretch your hands out towards them. I'm going to anoint this whole family, even these two. For the call of God is for the whole house, the whole family. You are in ministry now. Father, in the name of Jesus, pastors, put your hands on them. We ordain them now for the work of the ministry. Father, I ordain this young man as a pastor in this church, in this house. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint him that your hand would be mighty upon him, that you would protect him and strengthen him, that you would draw him closer to yourself like never before, that the two of them would stand strong in the days that lie ahead, Father. No weapon formed against them would be able to prosper. Lord, that you will bless them, that you will bless their seed, Father, and this house will serve you all the days of their life. And the two of you will go from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. And when the wind blows and when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against it, you and your faith will not waver regardless of any attack or anything the enemy brings against you but know this says the Lord that I will bless you he will bless you going out you're coming in he will bless you the things that your hands touch and you will be prosperous and successful in everything that you do father I release the blessing and this this appointment and anointing to step into this office as a pastor in the mighty name of Jesus right now in Jesus name in Jesus name it's yours take it it's yours in Jesus name let's give the Lord a big clap hallelujah come on let's give the Lord a big shout amen 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 hallelujah Hallelujah, you can take your seats. So good to be with you all this morning during our Feast of Tabernacles. And um, such a special moment. I remember when I got ordained a long, long time ago. (laughs) It does change your life, for sure. We are in the middle of the Feast, well, actually, it's the beginning of the Feast of Tabernacles. We're celebrating it this weekend. And many people want to know why we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. I did a whole sermon on this last year specifically explaining why. But I will say this to you this morning. That in our calendar, there are set times. Like we have the 4th of July. We have Thanksgiving. These are set times in our culture and our life here in the United States that we celebrate these days. And everybody enjoys them. God also... Has a timeline. And in his timeline, he has set times. The feasts are called the Feasts of the Lord. They are his feasts, they belong to him. And he desires that his people will meet with him during these set times. There are three feasts that are particularly important in God's calendar and his timeline the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and now the Feast of Tabernacles. All three feasts are extremely important. The Feast of Tabernacles specifically also is is a foreshadowing of the return of the Lord. And we know that the Bible teaches us that in the millennial reign, at the end of the age, for the thousand years that Jesus will reign on this earth, that the nations will come up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. So it's something that will continue even when Jesus returns. I think it's a good idea for us to continue to practice it now. Amen. Now, during the feasts, there were many different things that they did. We don't celebrate the feasts as the church in a traditional way. We celebrate the feasts in a spiritual way. We understand that this is a time that God wants us to meet with Him, that God wants us to come to Him. And with the Feast of Tabernacles, it was a great celebration. The children of Israel at that time, back in the times of Jesus, they would, they would build booths and go and they would, they, would, they would spend time in these booths outside where they would be in front of the stars and they would give thanks to God for deliverance, for His protection, His provision. They would specifically celebrate the fact that they'd been blessed during that year, during the harvests, and they would cry out to God that He would provide for them once again in the new year, because this is also the end of the year, the beginning of a new year in the Jewish calendar. So, this is what would happen. And we have found as the church over the years, and even the church that I was raised in in South Africa, we always celebrated the feasts. During these times, they are so special because God really blesses his people during this time. I have seen during the feasts of the Lord, the Lord moves so powerfully in many, many people's lives, in families' lives. I've seen it over and over. God has moved powerfully in my, my wife and my, my life and my family. We have seen God move particularly powerfully during these feast times. The same way that you on Thanksgiving have a desire to get all your family together and give thanks to the Lord, during the times of the feast, the Lord wants us to gather with Him, with our families, and give thanks to Him. We don't have to do it, as I said, traditionally, but He wants us to celebrate Him spiritually. Is that okay? Amen. So what I want to do this year is there are two ceremonies that were practiced during the temple era that were very, very powerful, and last night I shared one of them with you, Tonight, I'm going to share another one. This morning, I want to share with you um, about the water ceremony that took place in Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles. This is particularly important because Jesus had something to say on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles, the last day, is also referred to as the great day of the feast, the last day, because things were sort of amplified on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. So let's go, and and let me give you a little bit more background as to what actually took place during that water ceremony, and then have a look at what Jesus had to say about that. Are you guys all okay? All right. It's great to have you with us this morning. So thankful that you're all here. God is good. Amen. All right. All right. During the feast, the Feast of Tabernacles would run for a whole week. And every day the high priest would take a pitcher, and he would go from the tabernacle, from the, from the temple, all the way down to the Pool of Siloam. And the Pool of Siloam was a place where they called the Pool of Siloam living water. In fact, they would take the pitcher and they would take the the pitcher and draw water from the pool of Siloam, the priest, and then he would make his way back up to the tabernacle or the temple basically. And while he would do this, there would be a profession with songs and instruments and the people would walk behind the priest with the water. And they would sing psalms during the walk up towards the temple. I've actually been in Jerusalem, and I kind of know the walk. It's not that close, and it's pretty steep, so they must have been pretty fit. (laughs) They would sing psalms, the scholars tell us, from 113 to Psalm 118. And when they would arrive at the gate of the temple, they would declare Isaiah 12, verse number three which says this, it says, therefore with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. Then they would continue up their journey all the way up to where the altar was. And as the priest would take the water and pour it on the altar, in Psalm 118, 25, this is what they would declare. They would say, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. They asked God to prosper them. They asked God to bless them. The water represented God's rain and provision. How many of you know that without water, there's no life? You can't have life without water. We will die without water. So it was a source of life. And this represented that, that God would be their source of life that he would be their water, their provision, that their, their fields and their harvest would, would, you know, they would give thanks for the rain that had come in the previous year and now were crying out to God once again to provide for them for the new year. And every year they would do this ceremony. On the last day of the feast, which is called the great day of the feast, the high priest would go down, collect the water from the pool of Siloam, and they would do the, profe- the procession seven times. So it was an amplified procession on that day, on the last day. And they would do the ceremony over and over and the people would rejoice and the people would celebrate and give thanks to the Lord and at the same time ask Him once again to give them water, to fulfill Him, to give them joy, to give them prosperity for the next year. Prosperity is not a bad word. Don't worry, we've taken up the offering. Amen. (laughs) So this is what would take place. And on that last day, they would do this ceremony. You can imagine it would take quite a long time if they did it seven times. Now on the last day of the feast, when Jesus was on the earth and in Jerusalem, this is what happened. It's very powerful and extremely profound, and I wanted to really dive into it this morning. John 7:37 says this, just so you understand the context now. On the last day, that great day of the feast. This is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the day the ceremony of the water ceremony was increased. And Jesus was amongst the people more than likely at this time. It says that Jesus stood and cried out saying, watch this now, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now he didn't say it like I did right now. The Bible tells us that he cried out. The word there for crying out is the word krazo and it means to shout out. It means to cry out. Now, I want you to imagine that everybody's doing their stuff there, carrying on with their ceremony, giving praises, thanking God, crying out for, for you know, for, for provision for the next year, for water, for rain. And Jesus cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And everybody probably looked at him and thought, what on earth is he going on about? They had no idea what he truly meant. But he was speaking so profoundly. He goes on and he says this, Jesus goes on and he says, He who believes in me as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He says, listen, if, you, if anyone thirsts, listen, you will have thirst. You will have needs. You will have desires. He says, if you have a thirst, you need to come to me and drink. He says, and when you come to me and you drink, he says, I'm going to give you living water. And out of your belly will come this living water. The people had no idea. I have no doubt. They had no idea what he was talking about. And what's so incredible about this is this is the book of John, this is one of the Gospels, that what John does is he puts it into context for us. He explains to us exactly what Jesus meant. If you look at the next verse, he says this in verse 39 But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He was telling us, this was written during the Feast of Tabernacles when everybody was desiring provision from God with water, which represent, which water represented so that they could have their needs fulfilled, so that they could have their, their, their desires fulfilled, their provision and their prosperity. And Jesus says, listen, the water that you're getting there is not gonna satisfy you. But if you come to me and you drink, I'll give you living water. John so awesomely tells us that what Jesus is talking about is something that hasn't yet happened at that moment. But it was going to happen when Jesus rose that he would send the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit would be what he was talking about. This is so powerful, guys. This is so important for us to understand. There are so many Christians today, which is unbelievable with all the information that we have, that still don't know the Holy Spirit. Jesus cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And I will give him living water. It will flow out of his belly. We need to understand this a little bit more, and I believe that before Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, on his journey, he purposefully stopped in one location so that we would understand what he was talking about. Are you guys all okay? So let's go in our Bibles to John 4. This is just a few chapters earlier. Jesus is on his way, actually he's on his way to Galilee first. And while he's on his way there, something incredible happens. This is extremely powerful. John 4 verse 3. He, and this is Jesus now, left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Why? Why did he need to go through Samaria? The Bible tells us that He needed to go there. There was something that was about to take place that is so powerful and so life-changing. But unfortunately, so many of us today in the church completely miss this. But the Bible points out to us that he needed to go there. So he came, verse number five, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. The sixth hour is midday, the sixth hour is 12 12 o'clock in the afternoon. In in, in Israel, that time, this is in, in Shechem where they were, it was extremely hot. And Jesus and the disciples had been walking. They were weary. They were tired. They must have been thirsty. And Jesus goes to the well. And while he's at the well, in verse 7, it says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. So this woman at the middle of the day, which is totally out of character because the woman would always come early in the morning to draw water because if they came early in the water, it, would, it wouldn't be so hot. It wouldn't be so difficult for them to carry the water pots all the way back to town. But she came at midday. And I want you to understand something. The Bible tells us that he had to go there. He had to go there and be there at midday because he wanted to meet somebody. He wanted to give somebody something that would change their life forever. What's amazing about this is he, he he didn't go there early in the morning like everybody else would be. He goes in the middle of the day when only one person goes out to the well. And the reason why is because her reputation isn't so great. She's not the most popular girl in town. But Jesus goes out of his way to meet with her. This is so powerful. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. He's thirsty. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. I want you to understand something that back then, the Samaritans and the Jews were absolute enemies. In fact, they really hated each other. That's simply what it is. They really hated each other. The Samaritans were considered to be half-breeds. There's a huge history of why this all took place. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But they were considered to be like dogs. That's how bad it was. They considered them to be like dogs. They were enemies. And so, first of all, Jesus is speaking to a woman, which is already not really good. And second of all, he's speaking to a Samaritan. So she says, why are you talking to me? You Jews have no dealings with us Samaritans. But I want you to understand something, that it's not always who we think that Jesus will go after. Jesus will meet you. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you did last year. It doesn't matter how many times you messed up. It doesn't matter. He will meet you because He loves you. And He has something to give you that nobody else can offer you. Nobody else can give you what He is able to give you. And I want you to understand that for this woman, for this woman, He went out of His way. To meet with just her. To meet with just her. It's incredible. So Jesus answered and said to her, watch this now. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. Remember, Jesus spoke about this living water on the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. He said, come to me, I will give you living water. He says to this woman who has no idea what he's talking about, that he goes out of his way and he says what he says right here, and I want you to know it's because he wants you to understand it. He says something that she possibly, there's absolutely no way that she could understand. And even once she's had her encounter, she did not understand what was happening here. But you are going to be able to understand it this morning. You are going to see what he meant when he said to her, if you knew who it was who stood before you, you would ask him for a drink. You're gonna understand what that means. He also says to her something very profound. He says to if you knew the gift of God. We know that He's not the gift of God because He says, and who it is who stands before you. So He's not talking about Himself when He says, if you knew the gift of God. He says, because if you knew the gift of God and who it is who stands before you. So He wasn't talking about Himself when He spoke about the gift. He said, you would ask. You would ask. So there are two things that we need to understand about this living water. Because he says, you would have, you would have asked and he, and he would give you living water. So what is it about this living water? The first thing about the living water is we need to understand that it's a gift. Because he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked. The first thing about the living water is it's a gift. How do we know that it's the gift? Because he tells us. (laughs) But I'm going to show you something, and it's so important that you get this this morning. The gift that he's talking about, he refers to as living water. But the gift is the Holy Spirit. Now, there are other scriptures to support this. Let's quickly take a look. We're going to come back there. I need you to stay with me. I want you to see how Scripture refers to the Holy Spirit as the gift. Take a look, Acts 2, verse 38, on the day of Pentecost. Then Peter said to them, while he was preaching his sermon, after the Holy Spirit had just been received Repent, and that every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is a gift. Simon the sorcerer saw the apostles in Samaria lay hands on people and the Holy Spirit would touch them so powerfully that he wanted to bribe for this gift or for the Holy Spirit. So in Acts eight eighteen it says this, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Saying, "Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands, uh, that that lay lay hands, may receive the Holy Spirit." But Peter said to him, "Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God—what's the gift of God? The Holy Spirit." Because he asked, he says he saw that when the hands were laid, the Holy Spirit was given. What did he want? He wanted to be able to do that too. The gift of God was the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? When Peter goes to Cornelius's house, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the Gentiles for the very first time. It says this in Acts 10:44. In Acts 10:44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. Why? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So the gift that that Jesus is referring to, the living water, is the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Let's go back to where Jesus stands on the day on the Feast of Tabernacles in the midst of this ceremony of water, gets up and makes a statement. Now you'll understand it. Let's read it together. Acts 7, 39. Let's start in 38. Acts 7, 38. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, or concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. If anyone thirsted him, come and drink. Drink what? Drink of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the living water. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that will satisfy you. There are too many Christians that have all the head knowledge. They believe in Jesus, but they don't know the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. He said, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit. He will come and teach you everything you need to know. He will comfort you. He will show you things to come. Are you guys with me? Let's go back to our main text in John 4. Jesus answered and said to her, John 4 verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, this is to the woman at the well, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. We know the living water is the Holy Spirit, but she wouldn't have understood that. But there's something else you have to see about this living water, about the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus says to her specifically, He says, You, He says, He says this. He says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would ask Him. If you want the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to ask. You have to ask. This is not the only place the Scriptures teach us this. Let's go in our Bibles real quick to Luke 11, verse 13. Stay with me, guys. Are you guys okay? Are you, are you, are you, may, are you staying with me? I'm not going too fast. Okay. We'll pause. Luke 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? To those who ask. Jesus said if you knew who it was who stood before him, you would ask him for a drink of what? Of this living water. What is the living water? The Holy Spirit that has not yet been poured out. She's not, that can't happen yet. The way that it has happened for us because the Bible tells us in in John eight, it tells us that the gift had not yet been poured out because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So he was teaching us what would happen. He was teaching you and I, look how awesome the Bible is. It's incredible. Perfectly written so that you would have no doubt That you need that living water to survive. That you need that living water because things will go wrong. Things will happen in your life. But the only thing that will ever truly satisfy you is the Holy Spirit. Because you've been created with a void that's there. It doesn't matter. You can't satisfy that void with anything else except Jesus. Except His Spirit. On the Feast of Tabernacles, they were celebrating and having this great great feast and and, and giving thanks. And Jesus watched them and thought, you empty vessels. This water from the pool of Siloam will never satisfy you. But if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And I will give you water that will satisfy you forever. Amen. So Jesus says this to her, and this woman's looking at him like, I don't understand what you're saying. She thinks he's kind of like not all there. Don't get mad at me, because look at what she says in verse 11, John 4 verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his son and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to whoever drinks this water from that well will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. The water that I shall give him, watch this now, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You will once you have tasted and seen and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of you and begins to fill you, you will live forever and you will experience His goodness and His mercy and His love and His power and everything you need and from the only place that you can get it. Amen. The water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Before I go on in the story, I want to jump back real quick. I know we're jumping around a bit, but I need you to see this. Because this was nothing new. This was part of God's plan for you and I. Watch this now. Let's go back to John seven thirty-seven, When Jesus, on the last day of the feast, cries out. Watch. On the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, watch this now, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus was telling them about something that was already said that would happen. Let's go and take a look at what he's talking about. Let's go to Isaiah 12, verse number 3. This is now speaking to the children of Israel. But this is also speaking of what would come. It says this, Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Where will you get your joy, guys? From the Holy Spirit. You will only find that joy. Jesus said, My, He said, My peace I give you. My peace I leave you. Not as the world does. Because the peace that He has is the Spirit of God. It's a peace that you can actually minister to somebody. His joy is not a joy that you can get from anything else except from the Holy Spirit. That joy is what the Bible calls unspeakable joy. You can't even describe it because it doesn't even make sense sometimes to experience that joy. The only place you'll find that joy is from the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 43 verse 20 says the beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostrich because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to to give drink to my people, my chosen. You have been chosen regardless of the attacks, regardless of what you're going through. He will give you a water that will provide for you and get you through everything. Isaiah forty four three says, "For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing on your offspring. He will pour his spirit out on your descendants. You are these descendants that he was going to pour his spirit out on. His Holy Spirit has been prepared for you, so that you could experience in him, so that you could drink, so that you could have life. That's the promise of the Spirit." The gift of the Spirit that has been promised to you and I. So powerful. So powerful. One more verse and then we'll go back to our main text. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the water. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. The Holy Spirit is the only source of total provision. And it costs you nothing. It's already been paid for. He's already been paid for. Let's go back to our text in John 4, verse 15. Let's read it. Let's just read it from there. The woman said to him, So after he tells her about this living water, she said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. I don't know exactly how she felt at this moment, whether it was she was starting to be convinced or whether she was like, let's see. I I, I can't tell you. But when she asks for this water, what's about to happen is Jesus is about to give it to her. And this is what we miss. We think he's only going to speak to her. No, he doesn't speak to her. He gives her this living water. He gives her a foreshadowing of what we will be able to participate in and, and have as believers when the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Watch this now. She's standing watching him saying, okay, give me this water. And Jesus said to her in verse 16, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. I think at this moment, he's got her attention. And Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. All of a sudden, he reads her mail. I mean, he, he's standing there and he tells her, the most intimate things about her life. Why? Because He knows her. The Holy Spirit knows you. And when the Holy Spirit is poured out, He will speak to you and He will give you life. Listen, He didn't tell her this to tell her how bad she was or that she was a sinner. He told her this to tell her that I know you. I know about your past. I know about the things you've suffered through. I I, I know about the first husband and the second husband and the third husband and the fifth husband. I know all of them. And I know that the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. That you've suffered. That you've been through much. Maybe some of it you brought on yourself. But I want you to know that I came all the way to Samaria. I came out of my way to meet with you to meet with you so that I could give you a drink of something that will finally bring change, something that will finally bring transformation, something that will give you life that, that you've never found in religion, that you've never found from the law. I'm here to give you a living water. I'm here to give you something that will transform you forever. Amen. Are you guys okay? So, so now Jesus has her attention. And watch what she says. So the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. So now she's again getting into the religious stuff. She perceives that he's a prophet, because only a prophet could know that, right? And Jesus said to a Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. Everyone said the hour is coming. And say the next part, but now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. He is seeking those that will desire to drink that living water. He is seeking those that will come to Him and drink and find their sufficiency in Him and find their satisfaction in Him and find their joy in Him and find their peace in Him. This woman has tried everything. Five times and it didn't work. Now she stands before the Messiah. He hasn't told her. That he's the Messiah. He's just beginning to reveal some of the secrets of her heart, some of the hidden things that are inside of her. And as he's busy doing this, something happens. Watch this now. Jesus says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And at this moment, the woman replies, He says to him, I know that Messiah is coming. Who told her that? Who, who said anything about the Messiah? Why was she able to recognize something that no one else was able to see? Because she was the first one who was given, or well, one of the first ones that was given, living water. You see, when Jesus interacts with people and encounters them, He doesn't tell them, hey, you're evil, you need to go and repent and da-da-da. Yes, they they repent. He he would heal them. He would love them. He would reveal secrets of their hearts to them. He would pour His love out on them. And then after He healed them, He'd say, now go and sin no more, because it ain't going to be good for you if you do it. Are you with me? But what He did was everywhere He went, He gave people this living water. How do I know? Because he already had it. How do we know? Because when he was baptized, the Bible says that the Spirit descended upon him. He had received the full measure of the Holy Spirit when the Spirit came upon him. Before that moment, no miracles. After that moment, endless miracles. The Holy Spirit was given to him. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ when he comes he will tell us all things she knew or she perceived that this was him and Jesus said to her I who speak to you am he I can tell you right now in that moment her life was rocked inside out upside down the Holy Spirit was busy moving through Jesus Jesus was right there in her midst the Messiah was standing in front of her everything was changing Look at the next verse. At this point, verse 27, the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? Because it was not right to talk to her. Then the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She went and she cried out in the city. She was so filled with joy. Listen, she forgot about her water pots that were supposed to quench her and her boyfriend's thirst. (laughs) Why? Because she had been given living water and her life would never be the same again. Listen to me. She was not a popular woman. People didn't even want her to come and get water with with them. When she arrived in the city, she was different. She was not the same anymore. People could see that something's happened to this woman. All of a sudden, the darkness that was there is no longer there. All of a sudden, the shame that was there was no longer— Now she's crying, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could He be the Christ? I think He is. I think He probably is. Come and see Him. Come and see Him. Why? Because she'd had some living water. He gave her some living water. Then they went out of the city and came to Him. In the meantime, His disciples urged Him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But He said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. (laughs) what what is he talking about he's talking about the living water he's talking about the bread that comes from heaven manna that comes from heaven hearing the voice of God receiving from God concerning somebody's life Holy Spirit in, Holy Spirit out pouring in, pouring out out of your belly will flow rivers of living water there will be a well that will spring up out of you that will not only provide for you but will share and touch the lives of others that you come into contact with, oh somebody better give the Lord a shout in this place hallelujah hallelujah The disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of, the will of him who sent me <laughs> to finish his work. You will never be satisfied until you do what you were created for. Until you do what you were called to do. And you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Let's read one more time where Jesus speaks and cries out on the day of the Feast of Tabernacles, because now you understand it. John 7:37: "On the last day, that great day of the feast, while everyone was trying to rejoice in the living water that was just a symbol of what was to come, and they didn't understand it. Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If you come to Jesus, and you receive him, and you choose to follow him, if you desire that living water, the Holy Spirit, which he promised to us as a gift. You don't have to do anything to receive it, except you have to ask. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let them come to me. Why? To ask for a drink. He said to the woman at the well, if you knew who it was who stood before you, you would ask him for a drink. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who stands before you, you would ask him for a drink. The water that they drew from the well was not living water. The living water was standing right in their midst and they couldn't see it. I don't blame them. None of us would have. But you are in a dispensation where what was promised has already been poured out and is available to each and every one of you. We can celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles with the Holy Spirit living inside of us and Him being willing to fill you whenever you ask. Well, you know, you only get filled once. No, that's not true. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But then, just shortly after that, after they suffered some persecution, they were suffering, they were struggling, the Bible says they went back up to the room and they began to pray, and the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. But what were they doing in that upper room the second time? They were asking. They were asking. It's incredible because when Paul goes to Ephesus, the Bible tells us that the disciples of Apollos didn't even know so much who the Holy Spirit was. They'd never heard of Him. They were all saved. They were all Christians, but they didn't know the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Paul laid these hands on them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all saved. When Peter and John went to Samaria after Philip had been there preaching the gospel, demons screaming out, people being touched, people being encountered, the Holy Spirit had not fallen on them yet. They were saved like so many Christians today. Peter and John go to Samaria to see the work of Philip. When they arrived there, the Bible says that they laid their hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them, fell on them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit you have to be a people that desires the spirit you have to be a people that desire what spirit his spirit it's God's spirit he said I will not leave you orphans I will send the helper the parakletos I will send him he will come he will be your comforter my dad's Greek the word is incredible the word in the Greek of what the Holy Spirit is or who he is is unbelievable guys you can try everything in the book under the sun there is nothing that will satisfy you like him But you cannot have Him unless you go to Jesus. So the first thing you have to do is give your life to Him. Choose to follow Him because the one we drink from is Him. Jesus is the one we drink from and then He gives us His Holy Spirit. And then we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing because in Corinthians 14, the Bible tells us this. It says this, and I'm paraphrasing. It says, when all prophesy, he says, the secrets of the heart, or when the unbeliever or uninformed comes into a place, the secrets of his heart is revealed, and they will fall down and worship God and say that he is truly among you. The Bible says that, this, that the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. When you have the Spirit living inside you, you begin to hear God's voice, guys. You begin to hear His voice, just like Jesus obviously heard His voice, but it was the Spirit that was being poured out over this woman at the well that caused her to never be the same again. There is nothing else you can ever drink from, no no fortune teller, no Ouija board, no tarot cards, nothing like that, but when God gives you a word from heaven concerning your life, It is living water and brings change and transformation. That woman with her five husbands had tried everything. But just one word from Jesus, just one word of that living water, and her life was changed forever. During this Feast of Tabernacles, I believe that God wants to fill you with His Spirit. If you've come here this morning, and maybe you know Jesus, you serve Jesus, but maybe you need the the Holy Spirit to, to fill you up this morning. I want to challenge you this morning to desire it, to ask for it. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are not a thing. You're a person. You are the third person of the Godhead. You are God. And you are here with us. You have been given to us. When Jesus was glorified, he sent his spirit so that we would not be left as orphans. So that we would be filled with your spirit and then flow out of us would also be your spirit that would touch the lives of others. I pray, God, this morning in this place that anyone who is thirsty, that anyone who is dry or in pain or hurting, that has maybe tried everything, Lord, maybe they've even been a Christian for many years. But this morning, I pray that you will cause a desire in their heart to ask you for a drink. A drink of water that gives life, that transforms us and changes us that causes us to never be the same. One touch from your Spirit, from your Holy Spirit, Lord, and we can never be the same. I pray for everyone in this place this morning that you will touch them, that you will draw them to yourself. We love you, Lord. Just like Jesus cried out on the last day of the feast, the great day of the feast, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, that's me. I desire the Holy Spirit to fill me. Come to the front. Don't wait in your chair. Come quickly. Come quickly. Don't be afraid. Come. 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 That's it. Come. Come Come quickly. Don't stay in your seat. Come. Come. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you this morning. Come and have a drink from the rivers of living water this morning. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give them a round of applause. Come. Come, guys. Come. Don't be afraid. Come. Come. All who are thirsty, come. Amen. Amen. God is really moving on some of you so powerfully already. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. It's the most wonderful thing. He is the most wonderful person. That's it. Keep coming. That's incredible. Come down there, guys. Just stand over there. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Listen to me. There is no shame. You might have served God a long time. You may have had the Holy Spirit fill you, but maybe you just need a drink from the the fountains of living water this morning just to be stirred up again inside you. So come if you need to come. Amen. Can we stretch our hands out towards them this morning? Father, we love you. We honor you. I'm gonna come down and pray for each and every one of you. Holy Spirit, we ask right now, as your word says, that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, you that is a good Father, Father, you will give us the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Father, this morning in this place, everyone standing here that has accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, you have to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You don't need to do anything religious, just do it now. If you haven't done it before, do it now. And when I come down and pray for you, you will receive the Holy Spirit. He will come upon you. And you will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Stretch out your hands. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you touch them this morning and you fill them again in Jesus' name right now. Fill her, Lord. Fill her now. Fill her now, Holy Spirit. There he is. There he is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, fill him. There he is. Once again. Once again. Fill them, Lord. Fill them again, Lord. Fill them again, Lord. Lord. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. There's the Holy Spirit now all over you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fill them all, Lord. Fill them now in Jesus' name. Fill him, Lord, more, more. Come, church, stretch your hands out. Pray with me. Pray with me. The Holy Spirit is moving. He's moving right now. Touch this young man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you, you give to those who ask. And as he has asked, fill him now in Jesus' name. There he is. Young lady, your life is about to change. Everything is about to change. This morning's message has spoken right to your heart because you have felt like the woman at the well. God is about to pour His Spirit out on you and restore and renew in Jesus' name. And this morning, I don't even need to pray for you because the Holy Spirit is already upon you. He has already filled you. He has already touched you. And you will never be the same. But as it was in the days of Paul, Peter, and John, and the apostles, where they laid their hands... For the baptism of the Spirit, for the infilling of the Spirit, so I lay my hands on you now. You will never be the same. Everything from the enemy is broken off you now in Jesus' name. And you will be made whole and you will be made you will be made as one in Jesus' name. And I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks, Lord, that from this moment she will never be the same again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill him now, Lord. Fill him now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. There's the power of God on you now. There he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just touch him. Just fill him, Lord. More of you, God. More of you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Right now. There he is. There he is. Just receive him now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Just fill her now, Lord. There he is. There he is. There he is. There's the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just touch her. Thank you, Lord. There he is. There he is. Do you feel that? you feel that peace? Do you feel that? That's the, that's the spirit of peace, the Prince of Peace filling you now in Jesus' name. There he is, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. There's the power of God now. There he is. Beautiful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch them now, Lord. There's the power of God on you now. There it is right now in Jesus' name. Never the same. Never the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just fill him, Lord. Right now, there's the power of God, son. There it is all over you now. There's the Holy Spirit. That's it right there. There he is. Fill him, fill him, fill him. More, Lord. More, 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 more. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Fill him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Right now. More, more, more. More, Lord. more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord Lord. in Jesus' name, thank you Lord thank you Holy Spirit fill him Lord, fill him this morning God in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name you've got a wrong way to go young man you've got a long, long race to run and God's going to use you powerfully in the days that lie ahead you have not been forgotten, son. And on the contrary, on the contrary, God's going to pour His Spirit out on you like never before. Yes, like never before. You will run. You will run in the days that lie ahead, and you will run a race that will be a long race. But you will finish this race, and you will get to the end. And at the end, He will say to you, "Well done, good and faithful servant." You hold on to this word when the challenges come, when the difficult time comes. But the Lord is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You're going to make it, young man. You're going to go all the way in Jesus' name. Do you know him? No? Well, here we go. Here's your portion now in Jesus' name. Follow, Lord. Follow, Lord. Now, 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 now. You loved it, didn't you? You loved watching him get touched like that. Now receive. Receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Just follow her, God. More, Lord. More, 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 more. Thank you, Lord. Never the same. There's the power of God on you now. Keep praying. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Now, follow her. More, 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 more. Touch you, Lord, touch you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Never the same. There's the power of God now. In Jesus' name. Fuller, fuller, fuller now, more. There he is. There's the power of God now. That's the Holy Spirit right there. Fuller, more, Lord. More. Thank you, Jesus. Fuller, Lord, more. More of you, God. In the name of Jesus, there's the power of God now. Just receive it. Just receive it now. Now, now. Take it all. Take it all. Take it all. You will never be the same again. You will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, now take it all. There's the power of God, Holy Spirit all over you now. Now fuller. more, 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 more. There's the power of God now. Every curse is broken and lift it now in Jesus' name. From this moment on, you will never be the same. From this moment on, things change for you. From this moment on, I see a light that's shining on you right now. And you will never be the same for the darkness that was once around you has now been cast out and cast down in Jesus' name. Take your hands off her now in Jesus' name. She belongs to Him. Now, take it, take it, take it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Young lady, that's it, there he is now. Fuller, more, 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 Fuller, 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 fuller. Never the same, never the same, never the same. What you've looked for, now you have found. What you've been looking for, now you have found it. You have found Him, and His name is Jesus, and you will never be the same. For you will go from this moment on, from strength to strength. What you thought you knew before, now your eyes will be opened, and you will see and hear and understand like never before. Fill her up, God. Fill her up, Lord, with more of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, just touch her. I thank you, God, that you are here right now, that you are filling her right now, never the same, never the same. I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke the one who tries to kill, steal, and destroy in your life and you will be a forerunner. Did you hear me? You will be a forerunner in the days that lie ahead. You will leave this place with joy. I see how the enemy tried to steal your joy, but this moment, like that scripture in Isaiah says, your joy will come from the drink that you will receive even now in this place and you will never be the same. Thank you, Lord. Fill her, fill her. More, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. In Jesus' name, take it all. Fill him now. Fill him now, God. There's the Holy Spirit. There he is. Fill him, fill him, fill him, fill him. Just receive, just receive. There we go, that's it. That's it, pray, pray. Keep going. More, more. that's it, keep going, keep going. There he is, there he is. Stir it up young man. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up up. in Jesus name. Fresh fire, fresh fire right now in Jesus name. Fill him Lord. Come on church, stretch your hands out. Keep praying with me, hallelujah. God is moving. There he is, there he is, fill him Lord. More more Lord, more, in the name of Jesus there he is, fill him Holy Spirit right now, right now there he is, there he is, there he is thank you Holy Spirit, thank you Lord, thank you Lord thank you Jesus for this precious man just fill him God there he is but you Lord only you Father fill him now in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Father never the same young man never the same in Jesus name are you guys okay you can go down but don't touch my feet Father, in the name of Jesus, fill Him now. Now, more, Lord, more. Fill Him, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're a humble man. Stay close to God. He's going to use you, young men. He's going to use you powerfully. This is why you came here. Touch Him now, Lord. Fill Him with fresh fire this morning. Fill him with fresh fire. Fill him, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. As the two of us kneel before you, God. You, Lord Jesus, are the baptizer. Fill him now. Fill him now, Lord. Fill him now. Never the same, never the same. Father, from this moment on, when he prays for the sick, they will be healed. That he will move in the gifts of the Spirit. He will move in your power. And never be the same, Father, from this moment on. Take the way you are. In Jesus' name, take it all. In Jesus' name. Fill her, Lord. Fill her, Lord. Fill her, fill her. There he is, there he is, there he is. There he is. Fill her. More, 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 more. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just receive. That's it. That's it. There we go. There we go. Just take it all. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. In the name of Jesus. Here we go follower Father, there he is. Oh, there he is, there he is. Thank you, Lord. Just receive him now. Thank you. Thank you, Father. There he is. There he is, there he is. Father, more, 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 Lord, more, more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he wonderful? Just take it all. God's going to heal your heart, eh? Hey? He's going to touch your heart. He's going to heal you. He's going he's to put the pieces that are broken back together. And from this moment, you will never be the same. Just like the song says, you will never be the same. The Holy Spirit is upon you and he will use you and he will strengthen you and restore you in the name of Jesus right now. It's yours, take it. Fill her now, Lord, fill her now. There he is, there he is, just receive him now. Thank you, Father, thank you, Holy Spirit. More, 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 more. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Father. There he is, there he is. More, more. More, Lord, more.
0: More, more. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, more. Follow, Lord, more. More. There he is, there he is. Amen. Just follow, follow, Lord. Don't be afraid there, lady. Don't be afraid. There he is. There he is. There he is. Just receive. There he is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, just touch her. There he is. There He is. Just receive, just receive. There He is, there He is, there He is. Thank you, Lord. Follow, follow, Lord. More, more,
1: more. More,
0: more, there He is. Thank you, Holy Spirit, just follow now. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. There's the power of God. There's the Holy Spirit on you now. Now, now, just receive, just receive. In Jesus name. Here He comes. Fill her now, Lord,
1: in Jesus' name. Never the same. Never the same. There He is.
0: There He is. Fill her. Fill her. More. More.
1: Let's fill her in
0: Holy Spirit right now in
1: the name of Jesus.
0: It's all over you now, Lord. Fill her now. There's the power of God. There's the Holy Spirit on you now. There he is. Just fill her. Fill her, Lord. More, more, more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill her this morning in the name of Jesus. Never the same, God. Never the same. Holy Spirit is all over you now. There's the power of God. There he is. There's the Holy Spirit now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you fill her. That you fill her now in this place in the name of Jesus. I give you thanks for it now. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen. Just one more minute, okay? You guys, okay? Amen. Are these all new people? I am <laughs> you are. Yes. Well, so why are you here? Why did you come up? I come to see my good, good kids. And I needed to. You needed to. He's going to fill you
1: now. He's going to fill you now.
0: going to do is I'm going to close the service, and we're going to keep praying. If you still want to come up, you can come up, but I want to close so I can let you go. Are you guys okay? Amen. Come on, it's the Feast of Tabernacles, and God is wanting to touch His people this morning, but you are absolutely welcome to go. I'm going to release you. Father, we thank you for what you've done this morning, and will continue to do in this place. I pray right now for each and every person that came out this morning. Lord, that you will touch them and that you will fill them. Lord, that they will have a desire to drink from the fountains of living water, which is your Holy Spirit that has been given to us. We are so grateful that we can be content, that we can have life and life more abundant. And I release your blessing at this time, this set time over your people in this place and even those watching online. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said,
1: Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. We're going to...